0: So today, you know, the title of today is Make the Dark Night Shine, Reflections on Anatta, Emptiness and Our Embeddedness in This Amazing Web of Intelligence We Call Planet Earth. Bit of a long title. And uh, so, you know, the insight into anatta or emptiness or not self is, you know, a central insight, liberating insight which the Buddha was the first you know, human being to, to speak about on this planet. About like 2,500 years ago, you know, in Iron Age India, it was a new way of, of speaking about a practice, which the Buddha brought with that concept of anatta, or not self, the one before him, you know, spoke in that way. Lots of other teachers also taught about impermanence, even, you know, in Greece. Uh, I have Heraclitus, you know, spoke about impermanence, but the insight into not self was not um, yet communicated by anyone. And, uh, you know, that insight is really central in the Buddha's teaching in terms of, you know, freeing the mind from ignorance and seeing, you know, what is really. There and what we see is not that there's nothing there, but we see conditionality. And you know, I brought a quote from the Buddha. He says, I do not say that things exist or do not exist, I teach dependent origination. And if we are looking, you know, into the screen, we can see each other, so we do exist, but we do not exist in the way. We think we exist, we are not existing as separate entities, but we are existing as processes, you know, which are deeply interconnected with each other and there's no real separation. And uh, so, you know, if we're just trusting the um, sense organs like the eyes, then what we see, we appear to be different, we appear to be separate. But then, you know, if we go deeper into it through developing those seven factors of awakening I was guiding us in in the meditation, you know, which are um, natural qualities of the mind which can be trained through meditation practice. Those natural qualities of the mind can be, you know, made more and more powerful and the mind gets more and more sensitized. So it's more and more capable to see into the depths to see through uh, assumptions and you notice know, this, this assumption this web of assumptions which ignorance is you know throwing over all of our experiences to break through that web of assumptions or to dissolve that web of assumptions slowly but surely that's what we are after in the practice. And that's why we are training our minds. And that's why we are working on developing those seven factors of awakening to the utmost potential so that we can um, see that which is hidden in plain sight for the untrained mind. And then, you know, through increasing training of the mind, suddenly, you know, we start to see conditionality, we start to see connections we didn't see before. And, you know, they have always been there, they've always been in operation, but we just couldn't really see it because our minds weren't fine-tuned enough. And through the practice, in particular, you know, through training those seven factors of awakening, the mind is suddenly, you know, seeing more and more. And, uh, And then, you know, when the conditions are right, when the conditions are ripe, then breakthroughs can happen. And, you know, in the Pali Canon, in the early Buddhist teachings, those, uh, you know, different breakthroughs are uh, kind of uh, spoken about as the four stages of awakening. The first one is stream entry, or also called, you know, uh, Sotapanna. In, in the pali language and then there is three more the next one is uh sakadagami which is the what's called the once returner and then anagami non-returner and arahant the fully awakened one and every time you know when such a breakthrough happens then uh, the mind you know sees into the depths of reality, like seeing to the bottom of the ocean for a moment, you know, the waters are parting and for a moment, we can see the bottom of the ocean and then the water comes back again. But we have seen, we have seen clearly, even for one moment. And once that has happened, we, we have just, we cannot forget that. And this would be you know, one of those four stages. And then, mind adapts to what it has seen. And by fine-tuning those seven factors of awakening, we basically put in the causes and conditions in place that this deep seeing can happen when the time is ripe for it. And in the scriptures, you know that is uh, described as the Dhamma eye arises in in an individual. When that individual for one moment sees the Dhamma very clearly. And in the scriptures, you know, even child, even children, uh, so child monks, like the Buddha's son Rahula, you know, had uh, realized those four stages of awakening. So it's not a real, it's not an intellectual challenge, really. I mean, we need to understand the instructions enough, but they are not that complicated actually. So that it's a different quality of the mind which needs to be honed, you know, through the practice. And uh, and I think you know the most important ingredient for that is that our meditation practice and our daily lives they need to go in the same direction. In whatever you know way that works for the individual. So we need to leave what we have seen in the meditation. We need to increasingly leave from that place. Then, you know, the what we have seen will be integrated into our being, into our bodies, into our minds, into the way we eat, into the way we walk, into the way we shop, into the way we speak, everything. You know, that's really so important to leave what we know to be true, and for that, you know, we need to have courage and uh, and some, you know, amount of faith, but not blind faith, but you know, having the courage to embody the Dharma in our daily lives, and uh, you know, that is also. Very important in that context would be, for example, what the quarter five precepts, or at least you know, at least some of the precepts. How many uh, one can master to just slowly, you know, kind of more and more leave those as well, because they are really a very good basis for stilling the mind, and you know, bringing some sense of peace into our lives and. Uh, At the same time, also giving the gift of fearlessness, you know. The precept is also a form of dana, really. To live from that place is is giving the gift of fearlessness to the world, a beautiful gift. And at the same time, you know, giving that also to ourselves. And, you know, in, in that way, we are walking our talk and our life becomes increasingly more and more coherent with what we know to be true. And through that, you know, this coherence, um, the data flow, you know, between us and the world becomes more and more kind of consolidated and we can, you know, integrate that Into our form, information, you know, what we know to be true, to let that inform us, which means, you know, let that enter our form and our life. And then our life grows, you know, we can allow more and more world into our being. You know, we are less and less, uh, you know, distracting ourselves and defending ourselves. But we, have more and more the courage to hold steady, you know, with that which is sometimes hard to, you know, understand or hard to, to bridge. But, but we have the capacity, you know, to just open and allow this process to just uh, take place without interfering, without nailing it down, without interrupting by, you know, again and again, coming back to what we know from practice and remembering that. And adjusting our lives, you know, step by step so that our insights are reflected in our daily choices. And, you know, we're setting clearer and clearer priorities because we see... How much, you know, we are in constant exchange, you know, with everything and everyone and with the environment through the way we exist, you know, through eating and drinking and breathing and crying and sweating and everything. We are in constant exchange with everything else. We are not just independent entities so that you know if we allow those insights to inform us then uh, through those choices you know our lives uh, you know become more and more coherent and and it becomes easier to open to our experience because we feel more grounded, we feel more resourced and we feel less threatened, you know, because there's a sense of enrichment and a sense of being part of something much bigger than ourselves, you know, which which there's an an intelligent emptiness, you know, an intelligent universe, or whatever we want to call it, or the Dhamma, we can call it Dhammakaya, or Kuen Yin, or Prachna Paramita—all of the many, many names. You know that which cannot be named has been called, and and through that, you know, coherence and uh, fine-tuning of our capacities, we can more and more participate in that intelligence, which you know these days. There's a lot speaking about emergence, you know, which is leaning into that intelligence, you know, which cannot be named. It's not a being. It's not like any kind of a father figure or a mother figure, but it is. It is. Um, it cannot be named, but it is definitely there. And through the, you know, training our minds, we can open to that. Through so this, you know, gradual refinement of our own uh, tools, we can participate in that intelligence. And I think, you know, that's, uh, something you know which I find very reassuring really. And more and more you know there is a sense of um, contentment and interest and uh, and trust you know which comes through that. And this is as a gradual refinement, you know, of our what we call our innate uh, drive for happiness. You know, we all want to be happy. We all want to be kind of safe. We all want to know what we are doing. And in the beginning, you know, when we are not yet practicing, there's all kinds of external things we think we're gonna get that happiness from. But you know, the more we are practicing and seeing clearly the more we adjust this, uh, what we are looking for, because we are fi- there's something much more, you know, let's call it um, safe, you know, to make a connection with and that's that's this safety comes from having you know the capacity to be able to respond from this deep inner knowing which we can access through practice you know over time if we cultivate those seven factors of Awakening and we can say you know that all three schools of Buddhism they all are, exactly doing the same thing. They all are working and offering, you know, many, many different practices and many different systems of uh, philosophy and so on to encourage us to develop those seven factors of awakening so that we can tap into that much higher intelligence, which is innate in the Dhamma in or nature. Dhamma means nature. And for example, in the Thai language, the the word natural is Dhammachat. So that's part of the Thai language and probably other Asian languages as well. And, uh, you know, if we are practicing in that way and becoming more and more, Conscious, you know, that we are part of nature and not kind of in control or masters of nature, then, you know, what results from that is like um, also increasing humility, you know, and increasing uh, interest in really understanding what is going on, especially at these times, you know, on our planet where we are waking up to the fact, you know, that it looks like we are driving ourselves into extinction with the way we live and the way we um, organize ourselves. It's all a really very, very unsuccessful, really. And uh, so I, you know, for me, that what's going on on the planet is not like a a crisis of the earth. We don't need to rescue the planet or anything like this, but I see it more as a crisis for us, you know, for our species. It's, It's a crisis of humility, which, you know, a crisis of arrogance, you know, which comes from ignorance, really. You know, like young children, you know, like when they are in a that age, you know, where they they want to have everything exactly the way they want it, and if they don't, then they throw a tantrum or something like that. We are somehow a little bit like that, you know, very immature, and really, uh, you know, we do, we really need to come come back to the ground, come back down, and the word humility and humus have the same root, and uh, I think that's very interesting, you know, because that's exactly what we are having to do as as a species now. We need to come back, back to the ground, back to the earth, where we are coming from, really. And, you know, try and doing what we can to overcome that You know, the deep conditioning we have about us and our centrality about everything, you know, our sciences, everything is always in relationship to how can everything serve us, you know, us, our species. How can everyone, you know, all the animals, all the plants, all the waters, everything is always in relationship to us, us, us. Mm and. You know, we need to unlearn that. And that's kind of very difficult thing to do, I think, because it's so deep. And, you know, and this kind of a practice which we are, you know, having the good fortune to have come in contact with can really support us in that. Because that insight, you know, into emptiness, into anatta, is... Is exactly you know, what's needed. That's it's the insight which we need not only in order to, you know, awaken fully and and step out of samsara if that's uh, what we want, or, you know, continue to uh, come back as bodhisattvas, but we also need that in order to continue, you know, to to live here. It's all interconnected, really. So it's it's a It's a waking up and a growing up, you know, waking up in the sense of, uh, you know, liberating ourselves from the wheel of becoming or samsara and growing up, you know, understanding that we are part of the planet. We are not separate. We are not masters. Waking up from that dream. And, uh, so it makes it you know, makes so much sense these days to really um make a lot out of, of our practice, really take that serious, because I think without the practice, it would be really s- so much more scary these days. Because it looks pretty hopeless, you know, if if we if you don't really seriously investigate, you know everything which brought us to this point. So I I think, you know, that uh, training our mind so that it is, it has the capacity to see deeper and start really, you know, questioning a lot of assumptions, which we have been operating under and which, you know, our culture, mainstream culture operates under, which is all about, you know, consuming and and so on and so forth, trying to, you know, trying to control nature. And nature is kind of, you know, speaking back to us louder and louder and louder and it's still you know not really you know we haven't really kind of come to an agreement you know as uh, as people you know to make some fundamental changes and so i think you know for us to practice and really um look into those questions you know which are becoming bigger and bigger these days is a great service you know we can we can do to our own species really because you know whoever is willing you know to look at those things and and live from that place can have a ripple effect on on everyone around you know we don't need to go around and convince people. But just the way we are, the way we live, the choices we make, what we eat, how we go on a holiday—all of those things—it can ripple out and and um, it will be seen by others. So, you know, I think that can be a great benefit, you know, for ourselves and also for all of those, those who, who meet us and who we really touch their lives. And at the same time it is um, a powerful way you know of uh, integrating practice into our being. So it's a, it's a best investment ever made, I think. And particularly you know doing it as a, as a community, makes this whole thing so much uh, more possible because it's very difficult to do it alone. And, uh, And it's not, you know, through forcing anything, but it's just through adding something, you know, adding mindfulness, adding interest, adding energy into the practice. And then it's a natural process, you know, which starts to kick in. And then through that natural process, you know, those service factors of awakening, they like spiral, you know, they go deeper and deeper and deeper. And through that deeper seeing, certain things just drop away, you know. Like when you would like to go, you know, with a balloon, you need to drop a sandbags, you know, so you slowly, slowly get have a bigger vista, see more, have a greater perspective on things. That's what happens, you know. And not by kind of uh, disconnecting, but just by having, uh, seeing the bigger context. Staying connected, you know, to our roots. And at the same time, seeing deeper and wider, how things are interdependent and how we are actually a part of the planet. Even, you know, we don't have roots like a tree, but we have energetic roots into the planet. You know, through our ancestors, not only our human ancestors, but our animal ancestors, you know, the great apes, we are coming from that same root. And then our plant ancestors, our Mineral ancestors, we are deeply, deeply rooted in this planet. We are the planet. And if we cultivate those factors of awakening, then we'd be able to, you know, to really participate in that information which is coming through. In formation, you know, coming into our formation. And then we are living from that place. And there's often, you know, the speaking about the immune system of the planet. So it's like, you know, those who have trained those capacities, who can hear what is being communicated, they can be part of that immune system. And then, you know, that ripples out. And I think that's a great. For me, that is a great motivation, you know, for practice, not only for myself, but also, you know, through that benefiting, benefiting the whole huge process, which we call planet Earth. And then, you know, the planet is in the cosmos. It's it's an amazing way of, you know, feeling connected with something so vast and and you know surrendering to that intelligence by honing our and fine-tuning our tools which we have got you know by just by virtue of being a human being And then you know allowing life to speak for itself rather than us, you know, constantly assuming what what's what is what and uh, writing you know a million uh books about it and and then things are really not really responding in that way. So allowing life to speak for itself and working on our own capacity to listen to that what is being said that's what it's all about i think and you know this the name of our species homo sapiens comes from the latin word sapere which means to taste in order to really know you know we need what how honey tastes we need to take a spoon of honey and eat it because if somebody tries to describe it, we're never going to really get it. And the same, you know, with uh, that intelligence, which is so much faster than what the human mind can think out. This is an intelligence we also need to participate through tasting it, through practicing and making our equipment fine-tuned enough so it can taste, it can get that transmission really. And uh, I wanted to maybe end my talk with a, a poem where I took the title for the talk from in the and it's uh, a book called The First Three Women by a friend of me, Mati Weingast, and it's it's inspired by the original poems of the early Buddhist nuns. And this poem is called Puna, Full. Fill yourself with the Dharma. When you are as full as the full moon burst open, make the dark night shine. And I think, you know, collectively, we are somehow in a dark night, I feel. And uh, if we equip ourselves with the Dhamma, even, you know, the darkest of nights can shine because it displays all of the same qualities as all other phenomena. Impermanence instability, and emptiness, you know, and everything, every phenomena whatsoever can teach us about the Dhamma. And, you know, we do have the instructions. We can use that, you know, to stabilise ourselves so that we can really listen deeply and then respond from that place of listening. Because the Dharma is responding. It's one of the qualities, you know. And whoever, you know, knocks on the door will get an answer. That's not only, you know, said in in a Buddhism. In all all uh, different systems, you know, of uh, faith or wisdom teachings, speak about, you know, if there's an interest, if there's a real application, the answer will come. Thank you for listening.